0: to the Brown Shag Carpet. I am Corey Pepitone. I am here with Lori. (laughs) Lori Pepitone. We get to be uh, Outreach and Student Pastor for Rabbit Creek Church and Children and Families Pastor for Rabbit Creek Church, respectively. Um, You are joining us at the second of a five-part series on gender and gender identity. Healthy sexuality. sexuality And sort of all those things we keep naming and renaming this. Um, But in this particular session, we're going to talk about a series of gender, role, relationship-related questions in the lives of kids who are about sixth grade to about 10th grade. Yep. So, so this is you, our middle range.
1: If you didn't get to, to hear the previous one, um, especially if you have younger children, please go back and listen to that uh, just so that you, you're you getting kind of the full the full spectrum here. So, Corey, as our student pastor, is going to share a little bit more in this one, though we will certainly both, both have a chat. Um, but, Corey, what do you see as uh, gender roles and gender influences for this age group, this, this kind of middle school, early high school age range?
0: So, I will first of all say that I think this is an issue which has become more difficult um, for our junior high and younger high school students so? in recent years. Um, I think in what is possibly uh, a reaction to the increasing prevalence of uh, multigendered, transgendered persons, homosexuality in our culture, as conservative Christians, we have polarized this view, um, and perhaps even as a larger society, and become less comfortable with people who fit less strictly into a given gender role.
1: Okay, so can we just press pause really quickly right here, and would you please give us the words that go with all of the letters?
0: <laughs> you L- got to give me the letters. Come out differently every time somebody says them. Well, yeah. Um, so I, that's going to be really difficult to do. Um, when we talk about someone who is homosexual, we are talking about someone, regardless of their gender, who is attracted you know to the I same apologize. gender. Old. You want to do that when we come to the more... I want to do knowledge. that one in
1: episode 4. I wonder if four. we were really going to
0: wander <laughs> that. Okay, so there's your commercial for episode 4 yep. when we get into some things that are a little bit more uh, sensitive. In this one, all I mean by that gender spread discussion right. is this. Um, that as a society, we have become increasingly uncomfortable with um, girls who like... Lumberjacking, but are traditional females when it comes to an attraction standpoint. Right. Or guys who like ballet but are attracted to women. Um, And as crazy as it sounds, um, those aren't questions that predict the other. Um, And I dated
1: a guy who was in ballet for a very long time.
0: Right. (laughs) Not you.
1: Prior to you. I guess yeah, I should so clarify. I don't think probably. I know who
0: that was. Oh, we'll sure. have to talk later. <laughs> okay. Um, but truthfully speaking, um, those are things that come to the mind of our kids in junior high and early high school as questions. Because I like this thing, am I this person? Right. In, in ways that they have never come to the mind of our kids before. Right. Um, and there is additional pressure in that, in, in the lives of our kids in ways that, that we've never really had to deal with before. Broadly speaking enough that even as a student pastor, um, a moment ago when I looked to come up with examples, I went for lumberjacking because it doesn't look like anyone I know. Um, right. And, and I'm really loath to put additional pressure on one of my kids who might be hearing this podcast. So if you hear me being really careful, I am. Sure. Um, sure.
1: Okay. So so, are you saying essentially we need to be careful with gender roles and what we're saying our sons or our daughters should be doing or should not be doing simply because of their gender?
0: Yeah, because we've become a more reactive culture. Um, things, questions that never come, that never would have come up in the 1980s or 1990s, now mean things about someone's sexual preferences that they never met, meant before.
1: I would actually disagree with that. Okay, excellent. I think it's actually because of how narrow uh, previous generations, including our own, uh, defined gender roles more and more so, is the reason we're having some of the issues now.
0: Yeah, I guess what I mean by that is it feels like we try to pigeonhole kids into smaller and smaller boxes um, when those things don't, I think we mean the same thing. Those okay. things don't have to mean, that they don't have to be connected.
1: Right. I, I'm just saying, I don't think it's necessarily, I, I think that has been going on more and more so in the last, I don't know what, 50 years?
0: Yeah. And,
1: and it is becoming more widely talked about, uh, and the implications of it are, are larger
0: I think that's than, probably they, than true. they
1: have been. Um, I was actually doing some study, and it was talking about, in Scripture, there's actually very few male and female roles. Um, and even we know, anyway, we'll talk about that later, but that's going to have to come up later because now some people have
0: some questions. So So, uh, ask me a more specific question. We should also pause and say that we are recording at home today and I'm certain the microphone is loving the fact that our neighbor has decided to demo his snow machine trailer behind us. In case you wonder what that is, we're going to press on, but that's what's going on. Sorry.
1: And the dog keeps, you know, wandering around, but, um, okay. So talk to me. Like, in, the, in our first episode, we talked about, let kids just play. Stop worrying about if they're playing with boys or girls or whatever. Just let them play. How does that follow through into this age group as they, as they get older? So, What's appropriate play?
0: One of the really important things in this age group in particular, and we're going to talk about relationships and romantic relationships, is not falling into the parental trap of making our kids believe that every opposite gender relationship must be a romantic relationship. Yes. Yes. Um, It is perfectly normal and acceptable and healthy for our girls to have friends who are guys, for our guys to have friends who are girls, and for those relationships to never become romantic relationships, or maybe to become romantic relationships. If we're gonna tell our kids, and I hope we are, that ultimately, when they marry, they need to marry their best friend. Um, they're going to have to learn how to be friends with right. the opposite gender and to to thoroughly enjoy hanging out and just being friends with someone that they may never date, but who is of the opposite gender. And
1: right. I remember that we that's something that we actually told ours. When they were probably in this age group, um, and I think you're going to get into dating and whatnot in a few minutes, but was that you can't be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You can't be a healthy boyfriend or girlfriend until you know how to be a friend to that gender.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, those relationships are nothing but romantic. And yeah, that's, they're
1: just hypersexualized.
0: That's trouble immediately. Right. Um, and so, yeah, if you are the parent of a 6th through 10th grader who only has friends of their own gender, you probably should see that as a warning sign and maybe encourage them to hang out and learn to be friends with someone of the opposite gender because those are important skills for healthy relationships later in life right Uh, Right.
1: shouldn't be all of one or all of the other
0: right right or if your daughter only has male friends and is really struggles to have female friends that's also a skill that needs to be developed right and, and those are skills that are developed.
1: Though I'll hundred percent say girls are drama and that's hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to step on your toes. So. Uh, <laughs> those are skills which are learned easier now while the stakes are low. Yes. And that really is one of the, one of the operating principles for us. And this age is learning to do things well, while the stakes are low.
1: So should I just throw out the question just to watch you hiccup a little bit on, um, So what do you do if your daughter is having friends over to spend the night and one of her closest friends is a guy?
0: Then the guy should come over and hang out until an appropriate hour and then get a ride home. Because I'm not going to for a moment tell you that I think we need to have opposite genders over at spend the night events. That's just asking for trouble. Um, But to say, yeah, come over, hang out till 10 o'clock and we'll figure out how to give you a ride home. Right. Um, I, I think there's something incredibly appropriate about that, and, sure. and nurturing those relationships, and furthermore, helping our kids realize that not every friendship has to blossom into a romance, right? Right. Uh, right. Is really healthy as well.
1: So, uh, so let's step from there pretty naturally into what does um, in their developing healthy sexual- sexuality. What does that look like in this age demographic? I mean, sixth grade to tenth grade is pretty huge, right? In in change.
0: So it, it probably at this point is pretty important to step back and just say where we stand on the general principle of romantic relationships. But not everybody
1: maybe. listening is going to like it.
0: Uh, there. Yeah, no, I get that. Okay. Um, when I grew up, in we grew Mer-
1: up in the true love waits in the true love kiss waits, dating I kiss, dating, goodbye era. I kissed,
0: dating, goodbye era, and. We
1: did one of those, but not the other.
0: We did the True Love Weights. You um, we will hear in another couple of episodes sort of how I feel about True Love Weights and how I think that actually goes. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is not a universally...
1: Yeah, but put a pause on that. positive
0: thought process. I will say um, the I Kiss Dating Goodbye movement was bunk. Uh, well, that
1: was starkly said. Go ahead.
0: Uh, has been widely uh, dis by the guy who wrote the book, who came out and left the faith. I don't know how more to say. Like
1: it created, it created a lot of um, unhealthy sexual relationships within marriage.
0: It really did, and beyond that, it it was so tortured in its language and right. trying to put appropriate shame Christian language and, and shame so over that. appropriate relationships that that so it was a train wreck. And if I've offended you, I apologize.
1: So I'm sure there are healthy relationships that came out of it. Yes, but um, it is, one of which we know.
0: Right. But
1: so, what does appropriate look like in this age group, this middle school to early high school?
0: So let's just go with our standards for our kids. Our and they standards may very
1: well be different for yours, right. but for us, this is how we. Our work.
0: standards for our kids said uh, that before seventh grade. You were welcome to come home and tell us who you thought was cute, who you thought was a lot of fun to hang around, who you thought was a great friend to have, who you had a crush on. Those are great conversations that we would protect the confidence of, but we weren't interested in conversations of who you wanted to be boyfriend or girlfriend with before seventh grade. Um, The simple fact of the matter is there's just so much going on with hormones and drama and all of those things at that age that before seventh grade, frankly, It's just extra stress that our family didn't need that we don't believe families need.
1: Well, that kids aren't actually ready for.
0: Right. From at the seventh grade mark, we allowed our kids to decide that someone was their boyfriend or girlfriend, preferably with mutual consent. Um,
1: (laughs) Right. Um, As long as we knew about it.
0: As long as we knew about it and we knew them. And we got to know their family and who they were. We wanted information about who that person was, who that person's family was, so that we could have conversations with our kids about the choices that they were making, the reasons that they were making those choices, what kind of person and what kind of family they wanted to spend that kind of time with, because those are healthy conversations to learn to have, again, while the stakes are low.
1: Right, and that was, and one of our first questions was always, um, does so-and-so love Jesus?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: And so... Uh, and you will have already encountered at this age um their friends who are of different faiths or um are Christians attending a different kind of church than your own and navigating all of that that 's probably a great episode for us to do at some point um so so the reason that we can say you 're allowed to be boyfriend or girlfriend, and we know about it is because we've built trust up to that point right um so okay, yeah, continue so. so So they're allowed to be boyfriend, girlfriend in that that middle school age.
0: Right. So we we told our kids that they could begin group dating Mm -hmm. uh, in eighth grade. It
1: was eighth or ninth. It's been a little Um, bit now.
0: And and that was never a one-on-one date kind of thing. It was uh, you guys could go somewhere with a group of friends together, frankly, at that age. Um, you're probably going to have to be transported by someone else's parent and this is an or always... Us. yeah Or us. Uh, this is an always chaperoned and friend-involved kind of thing. Note in this moment that as a parent, the more willing you are to be the one who provides the transportation or hosts the event or kicks the door open and welcomes the friends into your now chaotic house, the more control and more influence over that situation yeah. you get to have.
1: This is, this is your children are not Uh, preschoolers pecking you to death anymore but you will be super busy uh, because you need to be engaged in their relationships and the more things that you can host or help make happen the more trust that you build the more you get to know
0: and and you should have the expectation with your kids that you get to know their friends and that your friends are welcome and that you care about their friends I mean frankly one of the coolest opportunities that you will have as a parent is to be a loving, godly, friend parent um, to those kids. You get to speak into the into the lives of some really cool teenagers. Right. Uh, so. That way.
1: All right. So that's eighth grade, ninth grade group dating kind of thing.
0: Uh, uh, and then we said one-on-one dating generally at the. 16 so well 17 it was
1: well it was sophomore year and I know this very very clearly Because my parents had always said 16, but I started school early So all of my friends were dating and there we I had a boyfriend and that was fine But I wasn't allowed to date him because I wasn't 16 yet Even though I was in 10th grade and he went to my parents and asked for permission For us to actually be able to date and my dad said yes, And so that was something that we've always been mindful of with our kids is that that was grade level, not numerical chronological age. But the other thing that has been, that we've mentioned on here before, but has always been with all of our kids is this is all maturity related and trust related.
0: And maturity doesn't come with chronological birthdays. Maturity has everything in the world to do with um, the ways different kids develop at different ages, which may just be due to them or maybe to childhood trauma or who knows what. Right. There are all kinds of things that can affect that.
1: So ninth grade is group dating. Tenth grade is independent dating. Yep. um, With And still needing rides places and things like that for the most part. So again, it's hosting. It's lots of hosting dinner at your house, them joining for family night or something like that.
0: Right. And bringing them with you to church and inviting them to youth group stuff. Right. And all those kind of things. Now, if you have noticed at this point that we're not talking about physical dating boundaries. You're right, and we are actually gonna save that for a session coming up a little bit later so that we can delve into that a little bit more specifically. But suffice at this point to say, we're talking about the abilities to learn how to build a romantic relationship respectfully and stand on your own two feet and not be consumed by a romantic relationship Really importantly, we're talking about the ability for teenagers to learn to have a romantic relationship and platonic friendships at the same time right. and deal with the potential jealousy that comes from one of those. Remember, we just said it's perfectly normal and healthy for for our kids to have friends of the opposite gender, which now means that they are potentially dating and having friends of the opposite gender. And how do we juggle this relationship and hold these things in tandem Um, Those are all things that are stressful and difficult. And as they are stressful and difficult, my goodness, do we ever need to learn to deal with them in a low-stakes environment of careful, parental, supervised education and not just at the last minute at the age of 25 when we all decide it's time to go out and find the right person. Right. Um, As parents, probably my biggest hiccup with the idea that we never date is when we set that standard for our children as parents, we see the ability to teach them to do so well. Yeah, And that is something that we were unwilling to give up. In telling my kids that they were never allowed to date, I essentially make the statement, I refuse to teach you how. Um, What
1: to expect from a relationship or how the opposite gender's brain works and all of those things you don't get to learn and you don't get to have fun.
0: And as someone intending to be a godly dad, that's just not something I am willing to give up. Um, it's too important.
1: Right. So, uh, also, just that brief mention of years and years and years ago, when I guess when we first started doing youth ministry, um, we, maybe it was more me than you, but made a conscious decision that there were so many Kids that did not see healthy adult romantic relationships.
0: Yeah, that we wanted to live that out in front of them. And so I have often told youth leaders, I love nothing more than healthy married adult PDA. PDA. Obviously, responsibly. So All about it. In, in front <laughs> of our teenagers. As another freebie comment, if, if you are the kind of family that only ever listens to worship music, can I point out to you that your kids have never heard the romantic songs that talk about how we love and treasure one another, unless you're doing so intentionally. They're really good Christian examples of that and some fantastic bands. But if your kids aren't listening to music that talk about how to be romantic in a godly way, that's a significant deficit that we probably need to be addressing as a society of Christians. Um,
1: Any more soapboxes
0: for today? No, oh <laughs> well, boy, that's a big one, is
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you wrapped it up that fast. All right. So today, thank you for joining us in our chat about um, healthy sexuality with our kiddos from you know middle school up to about tenth grade. Again, if you haven't listened to the to the first episode yet with our younger children, please do so, and we will we will be back with you next week to chat about our uh, older high schoolers up through college or so.
0: Yeah, and if you thought it was interesting in junior high and early high school, wait till you hear me talk about the same things in the oh, older high school and college. Yeah. I'm scared to
1: death. <laughs> I have questions to ask. All right, we'll see y'all or talk with you again on the brown shag carpet here Parenting in the Ordinary. week hey, as always, next week.
0: if you have different opinions or views on ours that you would like us to include, get in touch. We'd love for you to be part of the conversation.
1: Thanks so much, friends. Talk to you later.
0: Bye-bye.